You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. When you're married, you'll understand the importance of fresh produce. Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I'm joined again with Dr. Joni Frater and Esther Lestique. And today we are going to be talking about transforming your sex life according to your wife's cycle. And this is an article that the two of them have written. Um, and so there's lots of information uh, about the process and, and what we're going into on the website. Uh, but we're going to kind of go into a, a little bit onto the side here and dig in a little bit deeper in some other points. So uh, first off, welcome, Joni and Esther. Oh, Steve. Hi, Steve. Thanks again for having us back. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a real pleasure, and um, I'm, I'm happy to, that we are doing this uh, regularly now because I think you guys have a tremendous amount of information that is uh, a big help to our listeners. So uh, for today's topic, like I said, we're talking about transforming your sex life according to her cycle. For the male listeners out there, I think it might surprise some of them that their wife's libido actually ebbs and flows based on the time of the month. Can you briefly explain why that is? Oh, absolutely. This is uh, this is Joni, and and I think I'm going to kind of basically say it as a as a general rule. Men have never really been taught about women's menstrual cycles. It's sort of been this like little secret, you know. Oh, you know she's. Uh, she's got the curse, you know, so she's going to hide because she's going to be cranky and bitchy and I don't really want to deal with her. Um, but they really need to understand that this is part of a normal woman's monthly event. Mm-hmm. You know, your estrogen and progesterone and testosterone levels fluctuate constantly, and so do men. But we really need to tie that to how that affects your libido because each of these individual hormones play a huge role and whether she's going to be able to be turned on, what's going to turn her on. And um, I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because nobody ever asks about this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, oh, God, it's red tide. I'm, I'm not even going there. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about it because, you know, as lesbians know that if you sat there and didn't have relations all the time because of somebody's period, you'd never have any time to hook up. So, (laughs) you know, we kind of have to be a little more creative and have learned, really, we we could tell guys a whole lot about women and what they need during their cycles, but you first need to take out a pen and paper and figure out what your woman's cycle is because you've got this constant up and down thing. And we're going to call the start of her cycle day one. Okay. Right. Okay, so when we start to talk about her libido and the times of the month, Esther and I are going to be talking about days in her cycle, so just so everybody knows. Okay. And so, you know, there's these chemical fluctuations going on inside the body, and there's definitely highs in terms of her uh, libido, and there's lows. Um, What's the high point if we're starting from day one? What's, how many days into it are, are, is there the high point? And I guess we should put a baseline, what is day one? Day one is, as this is after, hi, Steve. Hi. Um, day, <laughs> day one is actually the very first day she starts to menstruate. Okay. So the very first day of your period is day one. And what we recommend is sitting down with a calendar and, um, and a red pen. 
appropriate. <laughs> sure. Circle day one, okay? And then now, from day one, there are a couple of days that you want to watch out for. Day 10 is a pretty high point because our body's getting ready to ovulate. And, and bear in mind that these cycles are a little bit different in every woman. So, you know, when you do this as a couple, the, the woman's going to want to pay attention to if these numbers are true for her and if they alter a little bit, you know, a day or two in either direction, to, to shift your calendar a little bit so you have a more accurate view for her specific body. Right, okay. because everybody, every woman's body is a little bit different. Some women's cycles may be every 28 days, it might be every 30 days. So you have to get to learn what your woman's cycle is. And, oh, by the way, just to make things a little more complicated, as we age, those numbers change, the cycle changes too. So you have to just kind of be aware of that in the background. Yeah, and, and any major lifestyle changes are going to change her cycle, you know, these days as well. If she gains a lot of weight, if she loses a lot of weight, if she takes up running significant distances on a regular basis because that will decrease her body fat dramatically, which will affect her cycle um, and how her hormones ebb and flow over time. And, of course, pregnancy. You know, once you're mm -hmm. over a pregnancy, her cycle may very well change. And do outside stressors play a role oh as well? Yeah. Well, you know, we, totally. we talk about this a lot. Um, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. To me, as a woman, my, host, my most hated hormone is cortisol. Cortisol is what um, we produce when we're stressed out. Okay. And one, there's two reasons to hate cortisol, which every woman will tell you. One is it creates belly fat. Okay. It actually causes us to store fat um, right around our midsection, which, as most of us know, is the hardest fat to get rid of, mm -hmm. both men and women. The other reason we hate cortisol is because cortisol, as a stressor, it attaches itself to your testosterone before your body gets a chance to use it and carries it out of the body unused. This is for both men and women. Right. And testosterone is what is the key to your level of sex drive, both for men and for women. So if you're already stressed out and then you're, you produce all this cortisol and then the cortisol carries your testosterone out of the body, so now you're stressed out and you don't even feel like having sex. Mm, that makes so a lot of sense. Yeah, you're doubly in trouble at that point because there's no consoling you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now, you're high. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and so that would make sense why they say people who are in shape or fit have somewhat of a higher libido, but that's really because the testosterone doesn't have all that attached cortisol to it. Well, actually, also because regular exercise, cardiovascular exercise, a minimum of three times a week will actually increase your level Boost, of testosterone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's a really, really, really good reason to work out. Um, and, you know, it can be walking. We're not talking about having to, you know, run it to... to yeah, you don't, have, you, don't have to be, you don't have to be a marathon <laughs> runner. But, you know, it definitely increases your serotonin levels. And those are your feel-good hormones. So that's why exercise sex, all these things make us feel good because it turns on the good, the good feeling well, hormones. And sex, I'm having orgasmic sex, I was going to qualify that, having orgasmic sex actually creates, has the body create more testosterone. So it's one, this wonderful self-fulfilling prophecy, the more sex you have, the more sex you want. Mm -hmm. okay. Which is one of the reasons we're so big on making sure your woman is satisfied that she's climaxing. You know, just because you're having intercourse doesn't mean she's having a good time as you. Yeah. And that's something you need to remember when you're trying to in, instill not only the ability to read her cycle, but also the opportunity to magnify your, your sex life as a couple um, and making sure you're having a great time and you're having sex more often. And, and let's face it, having the desire is certainly the first big step yeah. in having sex more often. 
Um, your next high point in her calendar is going to be day 14. That is the day that her body has, um, she's ovulated, her egg is ready to drop um, out of the ovaries, and that's actually a really good day because if you're trying to get pregnant, that's the day you want to try because her body is the most fertile. Okay. And because Mother Nature is, you know, very smart this way, our bodies were designed as women to um, also be incredibly attractive on this day. She's going to look great. She's going to feel great. She's going to feel sassy um, and a little sexy. And, you, you know, if you, if you pay attention to your calendar that you're making, you'll notice on those days, not only does she feel great, everybody notices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she'll get the cat calls and she'll get the, the whistles and the looks and, and it'll be a little fun, a little jarring for some women, but um, certainly there is a tension there. And it's also because she's putting out pheromones that are very much animalistic in that nature because her body is saying, hey, I'm, I'm ready to, get, to make a baby. Okay. And so day 10 and day 14, uh, what about the low points of the cycle? Um, you know, that would vary mostly woman to woman, but I would say predominantly at the beginning of her flow, so around day one. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, when a woman first gets her period, she's not going to necessarily feel the most sexy anyway. She's just started to, to flow. Um, she's probably trashed a pair of clothing that she didn't really want to ruin. And she's bloated, <laughs> she's got cramps, and she might not want penetration. So I would say that's probably one of the lowest days. So you have to kind of check in at the beginning of her period because depending on each woman's symptoms, and every woman has different symptoms or no symptoms, um, she might be in the mood. She might say, you know what, let my cramps settle down a little. Give me a couple of days till the flow stops, and then I'll be roaring to go again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then one of the things that's interesting to us is that for a lot of women, while we're experiencing those premenstrual symptoms where we're, you know, cranky and not really all that happy with the world in general and feeling bloated and just disgusting in general, um, what happens is at the same time our bodies are producing all these hormones and we are really craving that level of touch and craving um, a climax. And certainly by the end of that premenstrual, right before she starts to bleed, um, she's going to feel really bloated, but at the same time, the brain actually gives this counterintuitive message that says, I want you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's going to want, probably want to have sex, but she may, may or may not be interested in penetration, um, depending on how bad her symptoms are. So she might just want it the way she wants it. Right. And that's where communication comes in. And that's where being a great lover and a great spouse comes in, too. You know, there might be days where you just say, hey, honey, let's, you know, uh, let's exchange oral favors or, you know, let's, let's practice different sex techniques and have a great sexual encounter that results in this fabulous, huge, earth-shattering fireworks orgasm where <laughs> she's probably going to want to roll over a lot like him um, and fall asleep. So that may very well happen. It's pretty much out of character for most women, but it is something that will happen usually right before she's ready to get her period. It's also a great way to actually get your period. Oh, um, okay. If you, I've, I, I know myself, a lot of women, we've, we've experienced that too. If you have that really awesome, you know, orgasm that kind of takes you over the edge and says, yeah, it's really the, the fodder for great dreams, um, and that's pretty much all you're up for at that point, is um, the opportunity then the next morning you wake up in the period. Ah, okay. I want to add one more thing to that, Steve, if I may. Sure. Um, after she stops bleeding and, you, and a couple has intercourse, it is not uncommon for a woman to start bleeding again. Right. So don't, you know, the woman shouldn't freak out if she starts to spot or bleed for another couple of days because whatever 
um, menstrual lining that was left still inside of her might get pushed out through the cervix through the penetration. So uh, it's an absolutely normal occurrence, and it's nothing to freak out about, but it's, it's common. Okay. And especially as we age, you know, once we're women, we're in our 40s, and we're, you know, starting to stare that down that darkening tunnel, <laughs> which lasts forever, um, it, it's, it's incredible because you really will see that your cycle is going to start to change. You know, if you were a heavy bleeder and you bled for seven days straight, suddenly you'll, you know, bleed for three, and then you'll stop completely for a day. And then all of a sudden you'll start to bleed again. And a lot of women that don't realize that this is what's happening will be like, oh, great, I got a break this month. And, you know, mm. she and her partner will have sex, and then all of a sudden she'll be bleeding again and be like, what'd you do to me? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not really his fault. So uh, that's, that's just, a, again, our bodies will shift constantly as we age, and our hormone levels will change. And, you know, men, men experience hormone level changes, too, especially as they get older. And, and certainly we've talked about this before together, but... One of the things to remember, too, is you can tell men have a really good example of how this happens for them. Men's testosterone levels peak first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's why guys wake up with an erection. It's why it's really like, okay, morning is a great time to go yeah. at it. If you have a morning, you can sleep in and take your time. Um, because women's testosterone levels peak in the morning, too. Okay. And so morning sex is always, you know, a great answer, especially if kids have kept you up late or, you know, you've been working long hours. Mornings are always a lot of fun. Okay. And, and a lot of men, um, we're talking about the start of the menstrual cycle. A lot of men don't like to have sex while their wife is menstruating. Do you have any tips or advice for them in that scenario? Oh, absolutely. And that's actually one of the most common things that uh, people do approach us with because, you know, we sit here and say, yes, you can have sex during the menstrual cycle. And they're like, ew, it's messy. Well, that's because, you know, women have been taught that their bodies are dirty or, you know, you've got the curse. So you've got all this negative body image surrounding your menstrual cycle, which is really kind of silly because your menstrual cycle is what precurses you to have a baby. So it should be an honored situation, but it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, the things that we've heard most from men is, you know, I don't want to perform oral sex on, on a woman while she's menstruating. If you're, you know, categorically against it, don't. You yeah. know, I mean, yes, you can use barrier control. Um, menstrual blood does not have bacteria in it. You're not going to get anything nasty. Um, it's just messy. So guess what? Really easy tips. Keep dark towels around. Okay. Put them on the bed. Um, have sex in the shower. We love that yeah. because that way everything washes away. It's great. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> if. You, if she wants to, you can. She can keep a tampon in her, and you can perform oral sex. Just be prepared that depending on whether a woman bears down if she climaxes or whether she pulls in, sometimes the tampon can actually come out, um, which is kind of one of those things you got to laugh about in the end. But, you know, <laughs> humor is a great thing to keep in mind when, when you have sex any, in any relationship. But, but on the other hand, you know, Mother Nature is a wonderful thing, and usually when, when a woman is being stimulated sexually, her flow actually slows down a little bit. But it, I can't tell you that there won't be any sign of anything that looks like you know, it might have menstrual blood in it. Um, we also recommend using hand play okay. instead of oral play. And, right, you know, and, or in instead a, of penetration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you can have penetration. And if, and if a guy is really skeeved out about having, you know, blood on his penis, then use a condom. Yeah, there you go. Right. 
You know, I mean, it's really simple. You don't have to stop your sex life just because a woman has her period unless she's got public inflammatory disease or some kind of menstrual issues, and that's, you know, that's the, the less common situation. Yeah, I not. mean, if she's doubled over in pain and, you know, laying on the floor in a fetal position, the <laughs> she's going to want to do is have sex. But yeah. Right, I mean, her breasts might be tender, so you need to just have the communication to say, okay, you know, even though my breasts are enormous and they look great because, you know, my body is saying make milk for the baby that you want to make, um, you know, she might not want you to touch them at all. Okay. So it might be looking no touchy, but yet at the other hand, it might be, I want you, I need you, you know, I need to have my satisfaction as a female, right. just don't touch my breast. Right. I mean, that's, that's really the key when it comes to reading her cycle, is that the way she wants to be made love to is going to change based on where her libido levels are, based on where her hormone levels are. Closer to her period, she's going to want you, and she's going to want you exactly the way she's going to tell you how she wants you. So she'll be pretty forceful. Um, because her hormone levels are pretty high. So, you know, and also while she's ovulating, that's, you know, so day 14 and, like, day 28, she's going to be pretty pretty clear about what she's looking for. And okay. you want to listen to that. And, okay. in fact, Steve, one of the things that Esther and I had talked about earlier is when you start to think about having intercourse, let the woman get on top. Mm -hmm. If she, that way she can control, sorry, the uh, depth of penetration, the speed of penetration, so that if she has any, any tender spots inside her, then she can gauge it. She can move around and, and, and work it. Oh, that's and, a great and point. at the same time, with her on top, it's certainly a lot easier to bring clitoral stimulation into the mix because then, of course, her orgasm levels will be much higher. And when her hormone levels are very high, especially like day 14, when she's ovulating, pretty much categorically she's going to be multi-orgasmic. Okay. So if you apply yourself, you know, you're going to have a really great time. <laughs> okay. Well, that, I mean, uh, those are uh, all really, really great points. And I think for a lot of listeners, they're probably listening to this. And a lot of it is resonating in terms of things that they've observed. But I feel that the information you guys are providing is definitely going to offer some insight as to why they're noticing these things as well as the tips that you guys offer. Um, but that's, that's, uh, we're running a little long on time, so that's going to do it for us this week. So thank you guys so much. Anytime. Uh, you guys, everybody are, you are listening to Dr. Joni Frader and Esther Lestique, and they are the authors of Love Her Right, The Married Man's Guide to Lesbian Secrets for Great Sex. Uh, you can find that at the Hitched Bookstore, or you can also go to their website, loveherright.com. And if you want to get all their information, uh, join their email list. Uh, again, you can find that on their website, loveherright.com. And their email will announce their articles, all the things they've got going on. Uh, so go ahead and join that. And you can also follow them on Twitter. Love Her Right is their handle. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter as well, Hitched Media. And, uh, again, one, one more time, Joni and Esther, it's, it's, a, it's a great pleasure to have you guys on. And you guys are have a, just a tremendous amount of information. And I'm so happy that uh, you guys come on and, and share it with our, uh, with our listeners here. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, and uh, before we go, one last thing is uh, if uh, you guys out there listening haven't 
checked out our new directory. Uh, we just launched it uh, about a week ago. Um, it is a tremendous new resource we just launched. Uh, essentially, it is designed for couples. So we have these predefined categories. You click on a drop-down menu, select the category. So restaurant, florist, marital therapist, sex therapist. Uh, type in your area code, zip code, city, state, uh, whatever location information you have. And with the click of a button, it'll give you a list of people in your local area, as well as um, featured providers uh, through Hitched. And those individuals also have um, their own profile pages with, uh, with their rates and services they provide and what their expertises are and all sorts of good stuff. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, we're really excited about it. And uh, I think it'll be a, a great resource that you guys will go back to often. So uh, one last time, thank you guys both. And uh, until next time. Thank you. Okay. Bye, everybody. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian, I did it. They certainly got the idea. They feel free to express love. It's worth all those awful frank discussions at the dining room table. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.